I'm going to cut this whole opening. That was a waste of time. Was it? I don't know. I'll listen to it. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. Just in case, do you want to open with a with a fresh joke? They should make uh, Skittles that give people the runs and call them skedaddles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's staying. That, that, I can't take credit for that. That's one of Joe's jokes. But It's still good, though. It, it's the only one I could think of off the top of my head. Joe's fun. We were playing VR last night. And I don't remember what we did, but something happened where it's like, I was just laughing so hard. And it's like, there's something nice about just logging into VR. And it's like, well, let's just go on a train. So we went on a train ride and just laughed and drank the night away. How have we not done trains before? Well, we're not done with trains. We we searched and there's a lot of trains. So we're, we're going to do some stuff on Sunday. Um, yeah, I was we'll, telling, we'll um, look forward to that. My writer friends about VR chat again, and uh, I was explaining because I was like, I want to take you guys on a tour, and they're like, you would only show us horrible things. And I was like, no, I have like a list of like cool stuff. Some of it's horrible, but I don't have to show you the horrible stuff like the zoo. And they're like, I want to know what's in the zoo now, and I'm like, I went and found a video of it, and I did not send it because I was like, you know what? No, you don't deserve this. You have to get VR chat and then come with me to this zoo. You you don't get to <laughs> passively look at this shit. You have to be in front of it. There's a YouTube channel. I wonder if I can find it real quick to recommend it. But all they do is they catalog like weird things to see in VR chat. And so I try to I try to use their um recommendations for a uh, Oh, here it is. It's called Inters. It's like I N T E R Z. Okay. And it's like here's a VR chat world. And sometimes it's like just here's a nice one that's like recommending like the the bird sanctuary. But then there's like another one where it's an like infinite maze of back rooms in an office space and it's just creepy. Oh, it's like liminal spaces. Yeah. Um, but there's also like randomized spawn points. So if you go as a group, you'll all be separated. So you're just immediately you're alone and then you might just like go around the corner and see someone and it scares you. But nothing like interactive is on the map. It's just super weird. That sounds cool, but also uh, like if you're with a group and you can't find each other because it's like, forever, yeah, it's not a great randomly. group one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the um, idea is cool, especially I, I like the idea of yours in something like that, and you're just like, there's this, like, is someone following you? Is there someone else here? Like, because it's there, the the idea is to be like so just desolate and alone, right? And it's so like the idea of like maybe you're not alone, and is that like, you know, is that scarier or not? You, yeah, there's, there's cool stuff to do there. Um, there's, uh, like an MC Escher stair world where it like loops infinitely. So you can, you can run down stairs and you can just like jump off and fall for a while. And it just, the stairs keep coming. Oh, cool. And it, it is really cool. I, I haven't taken you there cause I don't think your computer will handle it. It's really not optimized. That looks really, really difficult. Yeah. I've, I have a feeling that would be an issue just cause it looks like it goes for fucking ever. But yeah, if you look up VR Chat World's Stair Hall, you can find that on YouTube just to see how neat it is. I I really like the creativity. I know we talk about VR Chat a lot, but like it is an extremely special experience. Well, and there's so many unique experiences too. It's not like we come back with our Call of Duty update every week. It's like, oh, we just we sailed a boat. Mm-hmm. We went sailing on the open sea. Yeah, Joe said that was amazing. And oh, that that's we right, you weren't there. That. I was re- yeah, I was trying to reference that, but yeah. We'll take you out on a boat, too. I suppose on the topic of VR chat, uh, he, he made me play uh, Beat Saber for the first time yesterday. and uh, Oh, no way. I'm like, I know I'm like super late to the party. The game is fucking fun, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll probably have to buy that one. Like, I was always uh, kind of on the fence. I was like, yeah, I should get that. It seems like a good workout. It would be fun. I like, you know, good way to experience music. And then he played play it, and you're like, yeah, I gotta get this one. I want to get good enough so I can play that in this moment song because it only came with like an expert mode, and I I could not get past the first verse. Why don't you just use Joe's? Why do you I, have to buy it? Because setting the VR chat stuff up is kind of annoying, and I don't want to like bring his to my computer and. No, do it from your computer. Oh, you mean like log in his account or something? Well, no, do the like family sharing. Oh, I didn't think about that. No one knows that Steam has like a family sharing feature. I was talking to my brother about it because it's like he was he was asking me about uh, Warhammer games because he kind of wants to play that like RTS. He's uh-huh. like, well, when do those go on sale? And I'm like, well, why don't you just use my account? I have like 
I got like a bundle. So I have like a dozen different Warhammer games you can just play. And, and I'm talking about the, like the steam f- sharing feature. And he's like, Oh, because like he'll, he'll enjoy a game so much that he'll buy it for his wife. And mm-hmm. it's like, you guys could just take turns. I, <laughs> I don't, whatever. I know there's like a multiplayer thing. Um, but yeah, 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 like I, I, I always forget there is that that's a thing. So I think I, I remember vaguely like when they announced it. It's like, oh, that's neat. I'll probably never need it, because then it's like, oh, that's a cool game, Joe. God, I guess I'll just buy myself a copy. Like, fuck, he could play the Doom games then. Like, there's no need for him to go buy copies for himself. Yeah. Well, there you go. I learned something new. I learned I learned two things new: the birds and then the, the bees. Speaking of bees, I'm surprised there isn't like a better bee world on VR chat because bees are popular. I don't know. I guess uh, that's another thing. Like, we should like search ants. Like, I wonder if there's any neat like ant hills to walk around. Oh, I've never looked for an ant hill yet. I found a cornfield. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a little boring. Um. Hey, now you know what it's like to be in the Midwest. I well, no, I mean like some of these places are. They're just tranquil and it's peaceful and interesting to go there. So it's like, oh yeah, let's go to the cornfield. But it's like Nintendo sixty four graphics. Oh. So it's like, oh, it doesn't it doesn't look like a real cornfield. I'm not feeling it. It is Man. yeah, the the, the the fidelity difference is always kind of crazy. Being uh, on the boat, it felt real. Like the, the water effects are so nice that it reminded me of actually being sailing. We'll definitely have to do that this weekend. In fact, I turned my fan on just to <laughs> just feel the wind. <laughs> nice. It was like it, that. That um, I wouldn't stop raving about it. I think I was annoying everyone else with it. Um, do anything else fun this week? No. Um, I think uh, actually, like, not just to segue into our topic, but I I did really enjoy just thinking about music for a while. Yeah. Uh, if anybody missed last week's, we did choose our songs for this week's movie club, music club, book club, music club, music club, whatever we want to call it, club club, club club, two of clubs. Yeah. Do we want to go? Boo, 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 boo. Should we do Citadel first? We can do Citadel first. Uh, so you recommended um, Nay Obliviscaris's. I think it's Ney Obliviscaris. Ney Obliviscaris, who made Citadel. I really, I like this album. Yay. I know you recommended it, so I assume that means you liked it. Yeah, um, I, I learned about this band when I bought tickets to go see Winter Sun, because these guys were opening for them, and I was like, oh, oh red. I, should, I should check it out. And so, at the time, they had three albums out, uh... Their first album, Portal of Eye, is like an hour and 20 minutes long. Citadel's their second at like 48, and then Urn is their third at, I want to say, 45. So I started with their newest one, um, and was like, this is fine, but it's not really speaking to me. And then all the fans of the band are like, no, you got to go to the first one. It's their best. And I was kind of having the same issue there where there's something about it. It's, it's really long for one. Um, and I was like, this is cool. I can't, I'm really excited to see this live, but it's just like, it's not like really grabbing me. It's something I want to like buy and listen to all the time. And so I grabbed their second one, uh, which like the sophomore album is usually really hard, right? Like that's like the big, you know, will a band make it? Will they top their first one and actually continue the hype train? And depending on who you talk to, A Day of Scares didn't do that. But for me, I'm like, oh my God, this is far and away their best album. And part of it is I think the runtime is like the perfect length, but also there's just something about it that, the way the songs move and like the confidence and how fucking long they are. Cause there's only like technically three songs. Uh, it's just the first and the second one or the first and the third one are like 15 minutes long and they're broken into chunks. And I don't know. Yeah, there's I, something about it, the way they progress. Cause it's very proggy, but I don't know. It's great. I'd embarrass myself by trying to use music terms. Um, so I can't describe exactly how it's structured. But part of it reminds me of how music used to be. Like, I don't know where this like two or three minute rule came in, but at some point that's what music is. Like a song, it's gonna be three minutes. That's mm-hmm. what a song is. And I think that had something to do with uh, either like radios or cassette tapes. 
but it's like you go back to the classical era and like Beethoven has a 15 minute song. Like that's what a song was. Yeah. Uh, and it's designed to be much like a play, you know, broken into acts and move from piece to piece. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And so I, I noticed like, I think you do this a lot. You'll recommend something to me and then apologize that it's long. Yeah. And it's like that you literally don't have to apologize. If if I'm not feeling it five minutes in, I will turn it off. It's okay. Sure. Um, I've rarely listened to a song that's very, very long and went, well, this could be tightened up. Usually if it's long, it warrants it one way or another. At least you'd hope so. And well, I mean, time- if it's bad, it's bad. And being yeah. short probably doesn't even fix that. Yeah, that's that's fair. The the big standout though for for people who haven't listened to this band is that um so it I would I would describe it as either melodic death metal or like prog death metal. There's a lot of like those elements in both. Uh, they have a a guy a Xander or Zen I can't remember his name starts with an X. Uh, does the the harsh vocals, um, and then Tim plays the violin and does the clean singing, and his voice is like super angelic, and. His violin kind of goes back and forth. Like, normally it's really pretty, but there is some, like, weird distorted shit he will do with that and make it, like, kind of match the guitars a bit. And so there's a lot of just neat elements to uh, to the songs. I love strings. I feel like it's a lazy cliche to just make something cooler by adding violins to it. Like, I bet you never heard a rock metal with the, with the violin in it. Yeah! It's like it's overplayed when you just use it as a crutch, but mm-hmm. you know, nine times out of ten, it does make it sound better. <laughs> yeah, there's something like kind of badass to hear that kind of like almost heavenly instrument surrounded by this wall of like distorted guitar and drums. Like the contrast works so well. I think it, contrast is actually a very interesting word to use because, like, even within one song, it'll swap between these like different modes so it's not just like a melody adjustment it's like it'll go from really heavy and the growling and then that will like turn off and it's replaced with the melodic and then towards the end of the song it'll actually pair the two together in a way that make you kind of think you know it's a it's the sort of thing that an amateur would probably try and it'll feel try hard yeah. But they know what they're doing and they put it together into a very nice sound. They make they make the changes seem really effortless. And I don't know how they do it. <laughs> no, but they do pull it off. I, I think uh I have to agree. There's a part here. I'm skimming through this a bit. Oh, you know the drum works really good too. Yeah. There's I've, a couple um... times where the drum like takes over and it carries the song. There's a couple times where the bass guitar does too, and I feel like that's yeah. the neat thing about this is like every instrument has like a chance to shine somewhere in the album, and you can be like, "Wow, that guy is really fucking good at his craft." But it doesn't feel like masturbatory when they do it. It, it like like there was a point where like the bass kind of kicked in, and it was just playing this like really cool melody, but it fit so well, and it it was just like a nice release from all of the crazy buildup, and so you're just like, "This is nice" because I don't have to like headbang to this. I can kind of just nod and like catch my breath. And then Zen comes back in with like, okay, now we're gonna blow ourselves back up and, and ride that roller coaster again. Yeah, and you know those ups and downs. You, you keep using metaphors that are like, oh yeah, you're right. It, it is a roller coaster. <laughs> it it kind of it takes you in places, and there's very clear moods. Mm-hmm. Um, like it will go from this segment to this segment, and like you said, the change is effortless, but those changes are very present. And so it's interesting, too, that, like, again, it's like a 15-minute long song. But at the same time, I don't think I could pick a spot where I'd want them to break. Like, you can't split it into multiple songs. Right. That transition is really what kind of sells it. Because it's all sewn together. I believe they opened up with Painters of the Tent, so the first song, and just, like, everybody's getting on stage, you know, they're, they're, they're playing their instruments and getting ready, and you're just, like, what is this? Because you, you know, like, oh, this guy's because the, the, they're they're uh, Tim is like this like handsome dude. He's got his violin. He's like really clean cut. You're like, man, this guy doesn't look like he belongs in a battle band. And then Zen cuts up there. He's like really tall, 
long mane of black hair. He's got like a really kind of pointy face. And I was like, that motherfucker looks like a ring wraith. And uh, when he like, when he kicks in with that first line of that song, the, uh, I mean, the crowd lost their shit. It was, it was fantastic. And I was like, immediately just like, you have my full attention for the next hour. And it will, you will not get anything other than my full attention. Yeah, they really do command it. Which is also, I don't know, it's kind of hard with, um, with like melodic metal. Sometimes it just kind of becomes white noise. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that it's bad, but it's kind of like you could call it at any minute. Like they, they're going to decide when they're done playing and that's nice. Yeah. Um, with these, it's like you get kind of sucked into the mode. Whatever they're pushing at the moment, you're there with them and they do carry you to the next. Yeah, I, I think part of it is, like, there's a tension because you don't really know what's going to come next. And, like like I said, like, the, the songs feel very roller coastery, so you're always either building up to something and you're just like, something's about to go crazy, or you're in a crazy moment, and so it really has your attention because the kick drums are going fucking bonkers and, you know, the violin is playing really weird. And and then it, it just it does that so well. And, and it, I know one of my favorite things about this album, too, is just how it sounds. I think the production on this album is fantastic. Uh, there's a there's a saying when you're making music that if you try to make everything big, nothing will be big, which makes sense. And then I listen to this, and I'm like, yeah, but everything sounds big on this album, and nothing sounds small. I don't know how they did it. Well, it's kind of like uh, it's like Warhammer, where it's like the setting is that everything is big. Yeah. Yeah. So you you, you mentioned um, that you listen to this like while you're working and stuff. I I gave this a nice listen on my good headphones, and it's like, oh, this is actually you know really good. Um, for one of my second playthroughs, I just set it to loop while I was playing Elder Scrolls Online, and turned oh, like cool. I left the sound effects on, but I turned the music off. And there's moments where like I'm just out in the wilderness, and like I'm just walking, you know, I'm riding my horse down the path, and there's like nothing going on while like this is going in background, you know. There's like that pleasant violin and it like kind of fit well. Like it's like this could just be Elder Scrolls soundtrack. It'd be fine. There's another time where I was like in a dungeon and I'm fighting skeletons and then like a bandit jumps out and my vampire like jumps on him, like rips out his juggler and blood's flying everywhere with like the heavy metal. And it's like, this makes it better than Elder Scrolls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm keeping this on my music playlist for sure. Nice. Um, I like, um, there, there's so there's screamer is uh i find him very interesting because he he has a very uh, a, a fry based scream i believe i don't think he does what i do uh because there's something like it's very staticky and clean but there are times when you he gets guttural like there are like certain syllables where he'll dip in and you can hear him like activating a different part of his throat to get that kind of wetter like gross sound and i, I appreciate his control and also you just don't hear a lot of like fry screamers in this register because normally it's easier and it almost the style is to go higher and to get kind of that radio metal sound like uh, you'd hear like bullet for my Valentine or, or something. And so to hear him like take that and keep it probably more in his like chest range is really cool because he doesn't do a lot of like high shrieks. He does some, but they're usually layered with his low stuff to, is, is like a, you know, big chorus kind of thing. Um, so I really appreciate like kind of the uniqueness he brings to the genre just in, in terms of, how he approaches his voice. Uh, he's in a couple of side projects. I don't generally like his side projects. I feel like he's his best here. Um, but this this band is like such a, like a powerhouse of musicians and, and composers that I think everybody's probably going to be at their best here. I recommend it. If anybody didn't actually listen to these, but they're listening to this episode for some reason. Um, I mean, this was good. <laughs> I again I I wish that I had better music terminology to like dig a little deeper into it because I don't think I'm doing it justice when I say that it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it is complex. It's also just there's a there's a feeling of quality that never leaves. Like it kind of hooks you right away. It's a slow start, but you're there with them and you just sort of go like this really I I thought this was a 30 minute album. 
when I bring it up here and it says 48, I'm like, that seems long because it goes by fast. Yeah. I wish I wish I had given it like a really good proper listen for this because I, I really wanted to. And then it's just kind of been a busy week, um, which is why like before the podcast, I was like, no, I have to at least listen to the Black Hole song um, because it is my favorite song. The Devour Me Colossus. Uh, the, the first part is called Black Holes. Um, but like the ending to that song, when uh, when Zen comes in with the, the final like couple lyrics to that are just so powerful because like it's there's so much buildup and it's like this crazy amount of catharsis but also like his vocal melody is so good and so it, it's just so many things coming together in the perfect way and then the the final the part two of this song is just like all instrumental and just like this really nice kind of like okay we're gonna slide you into the into, you know the end of the ride but we're not gonna it's, it won't be a rough we'll, we'll make sure you feel good by the time we get here I don't know if I have anything else to say about yeah, this. Yeah, I feel I feel bad that I'm I can't say more because it's also just it sort of just is there. It's kind of like describing a painting where it's like yeah. I can't really explain the nuance to it because I just lack the vocabulary. And I don't know if I mean like I have some music vocabulary, but even I like I can only go so far with this. I know like lyrically it's kind of cool that it's a lot about like what humanity creates like the concept is like humanity as a citadel and what is inside that citadel and so like the first song painters of the tempest is largely about just like works of art um and different kinds of like paintings like they reference some like really famous paintings in the lyrics and then i think the last song is about war and so it's like hey humans can make good things and we can also kill the fuck out of each other which isn't like the most deep comparison to make but just the execution of it is like oh my god this is such really good poetry the way you're singing it and the way way it's being screamed it it it, it feels very very good it does i think also um like i'm not huge into the screamo stuff like the the growling mm-hmm. um that's not what i usually have playing in the background for whatever reason th- this works <laughs> like it maybe it's just because it's not constant but I it, think that helps it, but it also it is balanced very well so when it is there it's not like oh it's this part of the song because again i listened to it multiple times and i was never like uh like oh i can skip through this middle part i'll, I'll get to the good part at the end they're like I, i'll just let it play on its own every time i think the key is like in, in a lot of really heavy music like the screaming isn't treated like you would singing. It, it is really like its own instrument, and sometimes it's a very percussive instrument, especially when you get into like the really heavy like deathcore stuff. Like the guy out front is—he's basically a drum with his voice, and he's making really weird noises for that. Um, and I feel like this guy gets to walk that line really well, where there are like really beautiful slow melodies that he is screaming. Um, and he's really articulate, so you can understand him really well. But then there are also times where he just, like, fits in with that wall of sound. And, like, the guitars are almost, like, a bit louder than he is. And the violin is, like, dead nuts center in the mix, kind of. And so, like, he he gets to accent things. Like, it, and that's that's where you, like, you kind of compare this to Beethoven, right? Like, those, there's just a lot going on. And the, it's like they know exactly what to focus on. So he's not always, like, he doesn't feel abrasive because he's not mixed to be abrasive. And, you know, I think that actually is part of it, too, because I think when you get into the screamy, growly stuff, I think there's a lot of examples where it's like, that's the vocalization. So you put that in front. Mm-hmm. And then there's other ones where it's like a party trick where it's like, look, I can make this cool sound. Check this out. And it's just like an excuse to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like they're they're maybe focusing too much on like, oh, yeah, you got that down really good. We're going to record 30 minutes of it. Um, I mean, that's my huge issue with a lot of modern deathcore is like, yeah, it's mixed almost like pop music where like, and, and it's just a big thing because like the, 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 it's so difficult to do that for that long and that well, like it, it's like you're watching like an, like an athletic performance in terms of like balance and musculature and everything. And so they're like, well, I want to be out front. And it's like, yeah, but you're not like Britney Spears. You, you should not be louder than the guitars. If that is how you're going to articulate your, your notes, like it just, it doesn't work. It's just kind of gives me a headache. Like it doesn't work. And so like 
I get so picky with that kind of music because I like it a lot, but then a lot of it, like the production just fucking kills it for me. But this is done. Uh, I don't think I could improve it any. You know, the length so doesn't overstay its welcome, despite how long it is. It's all balanced very well. I, I really liked it. I'm glad. Because I'm kind of maybe about to, to burst your bubble. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, here's the funny thing is uh, Arcade Fire. I got them confused with a different band called Greek Fire. And if the listeners oh, know those yeah. two bands, they're super fucking different. <laughs> <laughs> One's like kind of a pop rock. They they had their music in Big Hero 6. Uh, this is like really, I guess, indie stuff with uh, different song structure, different instruments, different different singing style. And so like I was like, oh, I don't know who the fuck these people are at all now. What am I in for? And I have good things to say, but I generally was like pretty lukewarm on this album as a whole. I well, I did preface it that it's it's more of a weird pick, right? Kind of. I, 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 I mean, I know I know you mistook it for someone else, but it's also like I, it's not a surprise for me to hear <laughs> that maybe this one didn't capture your heart. It's funny because I've been like asking people that I know, like like Jean Luc, Emily, and Alex. I was like, have you guys heard Arcade Fire? I'm like, yeah, those guys fucking they're great. I'm glad you're listening to that. Funerals is like my favorite album by them, and then I like. Ask some of the other people I know, and they're like, oh, I fucking hate that band. They are wankered, wankers bullshit. And it's like, oh, okay, so there's a lot of polarizing opinions on this one. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll actually get into that later. I was doing a little bit of research. Um, but let's let's talk about the album first. So we got Funeral, which was their first album. Yep. And, yeah, I think the very first takeaway that anyone would have with this is that it is not super professional. Like, it very much has an indie feel, like, on purpose. Yeah. Honestly, though, that the, I love the drum sound in this because yeah. of that. Like, the drums are so dry. They're, yes. You can tell, like, they were not fixed or touched up or replaced in post, which is, like, a huge problem now in, in a lot of modern rock and metal. And why all drummers sound the fucking same on record. So, like, this dude has, like, he, he get you know, he's a musician. Like, you get to tell what he's doing and he's being deliberate with how he's playing his drums and he's getting his art across instead of just like, okay, we're going to put a compressor on and make everything the same volume and, and everything like that. So like I did, I do really like the drums. I like all the layers. Like I was surprised at how many different instruments were showing up in here because there's a uh, keyboards. There's, I think a xylophone at one point, there's definitely guitars, uh, both like clean, cleaner guitars and then distorted guitars, obviously a drum set. Um, there's, there's a lot of really like, neat composition in here that is like honestly like super my jam i don't entirely know why i didn't like it like other than i i don't like the singer well that's funny i kind of love the singer um but going back to the instruments i like i think it's the song number two or three but it opens with a concertina yeah the opening to beat to that song is fucking rad it is i think almost every song has an introduction that pulls you in at least for me, where it's like, oh, I want to see where they're going with this because it sounds immediately different than how the last song ended. It's not just mm -hmm. let's do it again, but this one's about how much I hate my mom. It's sure. more like, no, here's a different piece. Um, I like the singer. I like uh some of the weird layering they do where they'll have the other girl like um kind of singing in the background. Yeah, that was always interesting. And then because the last song she gets to actually like take center stage and do like a good portion of it yeah and so there's like almost this like build up like you know there's like this Chekhov's gun like hey there's a we got a backup singer in here maybe 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 not you know and then all of a sudden it's like ah there she is yeah i kind of like that too i think each of these songs i kind of like out of order like if they just show up in my youtube recommendation playlist i don't care I, i'll enjoy it but listening to the album correctly in order it's like oh you know i really i like this composition i think they did a pretty good job what, um, um, about the singer though, you, you mentioned you didn't care for him. No, I, it's funny. And I don't, I don't, I'm trying to figure out like why, cause I think it's, it's not so much his voice, but also his singing style. Um, and like my, my note was like, it's like he's singing really low in his throat below the pencil. So if you put a pencil in your mouth and you make a noise, if you get the resonance above that noise, it's more of a belt. It's got a lot more energy to it. And, and is typically like in rock music pop music is where people are singing they're putting a lot of power in it and they're using their mouth 
to make a lot of power where if you sing underneath it it's you get a darker tone um it's not as energetic it's a little muddier and i feel like he's doing a lot of that and he's clearly doing it on purpose like he knows how to sing but it's a weird choice to make because i wouldn't consider it as pleasant to the ears right but i don't know i don't i don't know if that's entirely where they're going for i kind of think it is intentionally like that um because when uh, the lady sings in the last song she's singing in the same style yeah i think um there's like a theme between a lot of these songs about life and death and a lot of moving on and i i feel like there's kind of um like there'll be happy moments but it's also like to the background of something sad and then there'll be other things where like there's sad moments but they're talking about something fun Mm-hmm. And there's constant like a there's a yin and yang to that, and I think they're singing kind of like that in a way on purpose. It reminds me a lot of like um I don't know what what would you call this genre? I don't know, like because it's mean, honestly, it's like weird. Indie. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate just like it's one of those like blanket non genres. Yeah. Um, but the singing reminds me of some of the punk music I like, where it's not about um being angry, it's about being angsty. And, sure. like, letting out emotion more varied than just being angry. Um, like, this, there's this one... Um, do, do, do. Yeah, talking about, like, Alexander going on an adventure. It's like, come on, Alex! You can do it! Come on, Alex! There's nothing to it! Like, they almost lose interest halfway through the word. Yeah, there's an interesting, like, performance element to how he is singing. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, everything he's doing is deliberate. I'm not saying he's, like, a bad singer or a bad performer. It's just I don't like all of the artistic choices he is making. They just I don't mean, suit yeah. my ear. Just because it's intentional doesn't validate it. it. It should sound good by the end of the day, so you're not wrong to have that opinion. Um, But I love it. Like, this, this album, it's kind of weird. You know what? I didn't talk about how I discovered this band. Oh, that's true. Um... So, I mean, everyone knows I like to find, like, weird videos on the internet about, like, murder mystery and talking robots and student films that might be serial killers. <laughs> um, there's a guy that collects rock-a-fire explosion robots. Are you familiar with rock-a-fire explosion? Yes, that uh, animatronic band. Yeah, it's basically where Chuck E. Cheese got the idea. And they ripped off um, Rock of Fire for the Chuck E. Cheese band. Mm-hmm. And uh, when those uh, when those chains went out of business, they sold off the animatronics, and a lot of collectors out there like tried to salvage them. So this guy he collects some, and he has a full set, and he has them functioning. Like he's refurbished them, and he keeps them up to date, and he programs custom like routines into them. So he's actually shown up in music videos. Uh, he's, he's part of a, there's like a documentary about it and he helps a lot. Um, not just by showing off his collection, but also by doing like recreations of what it looked like in the restaurant. And it's, um, I don't know. It's interesting, but the guy will sometimes just do a song on YouTube where it's like, Oh, the community outreach. Someone asked me to do this song and I thought it was really neat. So we, we programmed a whole music video. So these creepy animatronics are doing the first song on this album, which is, uh, tunnels right yeah yeah which is a really bizarre song about it's kind of like the world ends it's like society gets snowed over and then these two young lovers are like indifferent to it so they just decide to live without society yeah that video you sent me was like just quintessentially on brand for you yeah because it was weird and it's like yeah, the world makes sense. This is how Cameron discovered a band that is maybe somewhat mainstream because, it, like, this album apparently won, like, a ton of awards and stuff and were released was nominated when it came out. Like, the people who like the genre of music seem to like this band a lot. Yeah, I'm finding that, like, the hard way. It's very interesting that, like, I didn't think anyone's familiar with this and when I'm, I'm watching this weird animatronic robot sing this song, I'm, like, mesmerized by the song. Like, where did this come from? And it got to the point where I stopped watching that video for the robots, and it's like I just wanted that song on in the background. Sure. And then at some point, YouTube like recommended the second song on the album, and it's like, wait, why didn't I ever think of looking up the band? <laughs> and I discovered the rest of the album was good, too. But it's like, 
there's a surrealism to it that I think uh, there's actually a music video for Tunnels that is done very interestingly because it's kind of like old Russian animation. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I did not. Um, but I think that like creepy animatronic robots singing this is actually kind of neat. And it like it taps into the vibe in a way. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, you know what? That kind of works. Um, but the rest of the album, it's like, it, you know, it stands on its well so well. It stands on its own so well. Man, I, I'm i sorry. I had some tequila. Yay. Now I'm stupid. I really like... There's a, there's a couple things I did really like in this. Um, the violin. Once again, like, I'm a sucker for violin. And so, like, there's a couple songs where it takes a lot of really prominence. And it always sounds really good. And the melodies are really good. Uh, Crown of Love, I think, was my favorite song on here. And it opens up with, like, there's powerful violin in it and i actually really like the chorus uh to that song and like it it, it had a i think a key, either a key change or a tempo change near the end that was really cool like really good drums at the end like um and then as far as the singer goes i like where he's mixed in with the music i feel like he's kind of low for uh he's not like really really low he's not like underneath everything but he's like a little around the like the guitars and so he blends in really well with everything around him and it gives you that, like, really nice wall of sound where there's, like, you can pick what you want to listen because there's a lot of layers going on because there's just so many different instruments playing at once. And so there's, there's like, always kind of something to like. And that's kind of what I was what I was listening to this with my good headphones. It's sort of like, oh, I don't really like the singer that much. Let's, uh, what are the, what are the guitars doing? You know, what what is the, uh, what's that xylophone thing in the background? Let's see how long, like, how long can I listen to that? You know, like, there, there's a lot of neat, uh, neat things going on yeah um i was reading on the wikipedia page uh this is in it's actually like made a lot of lists like you know top albums of the decade or whatever uh, there's also a book called a thousand one albums you must hear before you die that this is on oh yeah and it's like yeah i i think i would recommend people try this because it's kind of a unique experience um it might or might not work for you just because it's kind of, it's intentionally rough around the edges. And I think that, like, personally, it really speaks to me in a way because it, it plays with, um, there's like a discordant quality and there's a very sad, t- like, overtone while it's moving through different other emotions. Yeah. And there are things that just really speak to me where it's like, oh, this album's really a Cameron album, um, beginning to end. Uh, I can, I can just like sit and listen to this on a trolley ride, you know. Like I'm listening to, I'm watching this music video sent me, and like I do like the the effects and stuff. It, it it's got such a neat, I don't know, mood and theatrical piece to it. And it's like I don't know why I don't like this because like on paper I like almost everything in this song, and then together I'm just like God, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it is lacking a certain energy. Um, and, and once again, like super on purpose. Yeah, it's like I think they could turn this into a pop album with some God, like catchy moments. Weird. You know, like they they could they could force it a little more, and they deliberately chose not to. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you know, th- there's a reason though that poppy stuff is more uh, like memorable and everything because it's like just designed to be an earworm kind of a, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was uh. I like it, it going back to tunnels that first song. I like how the chorus changes. Um like the first time it it's weird because it's kind of like there's a sense of exploration where it's like oh if the whole world ended we just live in the snow and it'd be fine. And it's kind of like as they get further away from society, it's like they have their own lives and they forget more and more about society. But then the chorus develops where it's like there's a part where he says uh uh, you turn all the lead in my head and it just like goes silent. But then later it's, you turn all the lead in my head to gold. And oh, it's nice. Yeah. And it's like it, it, the song fills out. There's like kind of these like random phrases mixed in, but then by the end there's no silence and every sentence has a meaning. And it's like, yeah, this is thoughtful. I <laughs> um like sitting down to actually analyze some of these songs a little more. It's like, Oh, you know what? I really like this album. 
I'm glad you like it, because I know, it, I, I don't want to say, like, it's a hang-up or something, but when we were, like, sitting down, you know, hey, what album should we listen to? Like, it seems like you were struggling to find something, and you're like, wow, my music taste is so weird, and it's like, I'm glad you actually do have bands you really, really like. Like, I feel like everybody should have bands they really, really like, or albums that really speak to them. It's just... It's, it seems like just a fundamental thing of, like, being a human being at, at this point. It's like, oh, yeah, human beings consume music. So, I, what? Well, <laughs> I like, um, there's a, did you ever watch American Dad? I've seen some of American Dad. You know, Roger the Alien's kind of like a jerk. Yeah. Uh, there was a time where he was, like, he was tracking somebody. And so, for his cover, he just, like, got a date. And he's basically just being rude to his date and ignoring her the whole time. And so they're like, they're out getting coffee and he's, he's across the street from whoever he's watching with binoculars. So like, they're both sitting at the coffee table while he's not looking at her and just using these binoculars to look across the street and the date's getting a little frustrated. So she decides to like try engaging and she's like, so, um, do do you like music? And he's like, no, I'm the only human being on the planet that doesn't like music. (laughs) <laughs> and that line stuck with me because it's like, like I, I kind of feel that way. <laughs> I know that I get the joke, but it's also like, I don't know. There's another, I'm like, I know there was a, uh, an episode where like, I think everybody got like obsessed with like My Morning Jacket or some kind of like indie rock yes, band. That's right. That was, uh, that was really fun. And then just like, the daughter really likes them because of course, and then like Stan gets like obsessed or whatever, just makes a fucking ass of himself because of course, and. That's no, a that, fun show. That was a good one. Um, I liked the other thing too, where like Francine has this like groupy uh, background, so it's like she oh, understands yeah. what it's like to like a band, and so she she ends up like helping <laughs> helping him learn how to enjoy music more healthy. Yeah. Um, and then they have a three way with the bouncer, and that's pretty fun. Oh, forgot about that part. She was cute too. I, it's weird. Family Guy. I don't like any of the character designs, but in American Dad, there's a lot of like weird one-off characters where it's like, oh, I like him. Oh, I like her. It's basically the same art style, but <laughs> yeah, know, American Dad is like more polished to it. Um, so I got one more thing about Arcade Fire. On uh, on the Wikipedia, there's some example uh, reviews, and there's okay. this one guy from Rock. Robert Christgau. That's a, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Uh, he gave the album an A minus, saying that Funeral was quote too fond of drama, but aware of its small place in the big world and usually beautiful. I, most of the time, I hear like a, a music review, and I'm always just like, "What does that mean?" And this one, I kind of get what he's getting at. It's just like yeah. really pretentious. It, I mean, he he's a pretentious writer. But also, I think that sentence really sums it up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's not perfect, but in a way, it's it's not overstepping its boundaries. Like it's not pretentious. Sure. Uh, it's lacking yeah, a studio quality. It's lacking polish. It's lacking you know glamour. Um, but it's also like you said, it's kind of intentionally missing some of these features in a way that just makes it feel more real. There's yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, I think all the band members had actually attended funerals like within a year of making this. So to like varying degrees, um, death was on their mind. And it kind of feels like maybe in some ways they were just using that as a theme and maybe in other ways they're actually working through some stuff. Sure. So I just, uh, I really, I, I really liked it. Um, I'm glad that you can appreciate it, even if it doesn't jive with you. Because honestly, I don't know how many people this would jive. I'm surprised to hear that you know people that like it. Honestly. I don't know. Like, I mean, Jean-Luc and Alex and Emily have interesting tastes in music sometimes. Like, so, and, and which is why it's always fun to talk about stuff with them and, like, send recommendations. Because I never really know what I'm going to get from them and, and kind of vice versa. So, I, I guess I, I figured they had heard of this band. Just because it, it kind of seemed like one they would have. I was more surprised that so many people in that metal discord I was in knew who they were. Because it's like, I don't feel like any of you guys would seek this out at all. So I wasn't really surprised then when they didn't like them. But there's there's definitely like cool stuff on this album. Oh, okay. Joe just texted me. Okay. He said that he didn't get the reference to that bird video either. So I hate both of you. Sorry. Um, 
I'm looking up if this is on vinyl. I kind of, oh, oh, wow. $7. That's it? What the fuck? No, that's the CD. I was going to say for a vinyl, yeah. that's like wicked cheap. Oh, 18. No, they do have that's it. not bad. Oh, no. I'm going to have to buy that album. Oh, okay. I'm going to see what else they got on Tower Records. I might, I might get a couple of vinyls. Because I, I, I was thinking vinyls. about it. I, I actually, I kind of want to uh, hang vinyls in my room. That'd be cool. And it's like, I kind of, I don't want ones with just cool pictures or popular ones. It's like, I kind of want albums that I care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, this one makes the list. I have, uh, and I've mentioned this before, but I have like most of Boba Flex's discography, like signed and hanging on my wall in frames, the CDs. That makes me really happy. Yeah, see, that's cool, uh, and but that's also like a that's a that's a Chad thing to have on a Chad wall. Yeah, and I got to find something for my Virgin wall. That's one of those bands like I don't recommend to a lot of people. I really like them, but I'm always afraid people won't like them, and there are plenty of reasons like to not like them. But I'm just like, oh man, I don't want you to like not like Boba Flex. Uh, I've seen them so many times. I've met the band so many times. Like I'm very attached to them. <laughs> but that's good. I I, I like having something that you can enjoy like that where it's like a, a there's like a precious connection even if it is a one-way connection yeah like i'd like a conversation with our drummer about fishing that's pretty that's a cool memory <laughs> yeah it was interesting the last listening episode because uh the last comics podcast was a listening episode we all did albums and, and so i had, had everybody listen to uh winter sun uh, time one and, like, that's my favorite album. And so Alex likes that album. I love that album. Jean-Luc and Emily were quite a bit lukewarm on it. Um, Jean-Luc enjoyed it but wasn't, like, in love with it, and Emily didn't really like it. And it was like, oh, no. But I'm an adult, and we can have a conversation, and I'm only going to hate you in secret. Hi, everybody who's probably listening to this episode. <laughs> Do they still listen to this episode? I know Alex does. Oh, okay. Hi, Alex. But that was fun. So I, I don't, I don't always cross promote, but I would say that that was a good episode we did. We we ended up going on for almost two hours because we did a, a comic book tier raider uh, that Alex put together because he got kind of drunk and was like, "I have an idea." <laughs> that was uh, that was really stupid, but it was a good time. Oh, that you know what? That kind of reminds me of um, my Glad Space. I want to queue up here. I'm speaking out loud while I bring it up. You don't. Yay. You don't have to listen to me. Um, you, why but, are you waiting? Should I do mine? Um, oh, if you want to. I just wanted a, one more closing argument on the uh, on the albums. Okay. Uh, I think there's something interesting about both of these where we, we've brought up multiple times, even just this episode, that I'm not much of a music guy. I find it interesting the way that both of these kind of spoke to me in a way where it's like, man, I really like sad things. Yeah. That's always a winner in my book. <laughs> it's like, is it sad? I'll take one. At some point, I'm going to, when we do another one of these, I'm going to be like, let's let's do Devin Townsend Empath, his newest album, because it has a lot of the stuff, and there's no real screaming in it, but it has a lot of the uh, kind of crazy song structure and just like big wall that Nabla Viscaris has. It's got a lot of sand songs, but it also has a lot of really like emotionally uplifting ones that I really like. Um, because there's not always a lot of that in that kind of music. And so to be like, hey, this guy isn't singing about killing himself. Every song on this album, only some of them. This is cool. He's There's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of neat stuff in that you would like because it's very theatrical too. He's very, very charismatic singer and, and songwriter. And so he gets weird. Like there's a song where he just like, you know, we're going to stop mid-song and we're going to read like a children's bedtime story for a little bit. <laughs> a little nursery rhyme, like. He he plays with like what is like acceptable in music sometimes as far as like sounds and and structure and and whatnot. You know what I like about um ska is there tends to be a playfulness in it. Oh sure. Um, even if like the the mood is heavy or something, it's also kind of like bouncy. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh I don't know I I love um I love where music's at right now on the internet where a lot of music is accessible and a lot of small bands are getting the audience that they need to, cause they know how to reach their audience now. Yeah. Um, listening to that, I, I've recommended that documentary series, no dogs in space. There's like a recurring trend with all of these punk bands 
and the same thing's happening now that they started their season on hip hop where it's like oh this one group they got really successful because they got lucky and oh this one group boy they went into debt for a long time because they never made money on their first three albums and it's like it's almost impossible that any of them made it and it's an amazing fluke and it's like man i i wish you could go back in time and give these people all the tools we have now yeah at the same time there's like a realness to the work they put into it but it's like i wonder how much art we missed out on by not capturing this period correctly it's weird though because that desperation like definitely would have influenced their music and songwriting yeah and so it's like how different would they be though if they would have had access to patreon and twitter and and youtube yeah and and that's the other part too like we get some amateurs that are they'll get lucky and they just turn into douches before they're 18 so there's a plus and a minus there but it's like like I, I'm honestly, I'm looking at like audio software, and it's like I've, I'm trying three different free programs that generate piano sounds, and it's like, you know, these real bands, uh, they they worked for their dad's moving company, and they that someone broke a piano, so they used half a piano, and that's where they learned music. And it's like, yeah. wow, <laughs> dude, I like that you're like getting into music software though, because it is like is fucking fun once you start getting the hang of it. It is cool to just like lay down notes and hit play and be like, oh my god, that sounds like someone playing the piano. Maybe not exactly, but like, you know, the approximation's close enough. I can use this. This is neat. Like, I mean, we'll see what I do. I, you, you know, I have like garbage taste, so. <laughs> I think you're going to do interesting stuff, though. I'm kind of excited. Uh, I still want, at some point, we'll figure out how to collab on something because I, I would like to do that. Oh, I would too. I have to get back to that fucking Steven Universe song and record vocals to it. I still haven't done anything on that. Yeah. Oh, but did, I'm sorry, you mentioned you had a glad space? Yeah, I tried a new kind of rum this week called uh, Plantation. Let me pull it up. Oh! Plantation rum. Yes. I don't know if you've heard of this at all. Yes. Uh, This stuff's really fucking good. Yes. It's, um... It's super, it's a, it's a dark rum, so it's really sweet, but it doesn't have that, like, harsh finish that you normally expect from rum, and it kind of, like, I don't know, just like the way it hits your mouth, it fills it really nice, it's really pleasant, like, and it is really, really sweet, like, like most dark rums have, like, oh yeah, like, this is definitely made of sugar cane, uh, but this is, like, no, there, there's, like, a lot of really pleasant, like, sugary dessert flavors in here, um, not to the point where it's gross, like, a, like, a, something you mix with vodka, Definitely not that. Like it's definitely like it's got a, it's a full bodied rum, but it has a very sugary frontal load that makes it super easy to just drink over ice. Oh no, plantation is great. It has a uh, a dessert quality where you can follow any nice supper with it, mm-hmm. and it's a perfect way to end the day. And just a little shot of that. You don't. I feel like you don't need a lot. No. Like, it's like, no, I can have, like, a shot of this or maybe a little over a shot if I'm being cheeky and just, like, sip it over ice and watch, like, a TV show and be like, I'm good. And I kind of feel it, but I don't, like, obnoxiously feel it. And it's not going to make me feel sick in the morning. You know, plantation rum is, uh, I also, I, so I just looked it up and the first thing that came up was, like, a pineapple flavor, which I haven't mm. tried, but it's like, no, nah, I'd rather have the original. Like, I'm curious, but I, the original is so good. I don't think uh, adding a pineapple hint to it would improve it. I'm kind of curious. What what do you pay for that in California? Um, I'm gonna say probably twenty three dollars. Okay, because there's only like twenty here, so that that's not uh, that's pretty close. I was I was wondering what like the markup would be because I know cost um, of living and everything over there is a bit more expensive. Well, it's it's weird. Uh, the best place to get alcohol is Bevmo. And Bevmo has, like, lottery-driven, randomized clown rules when it comes to their <laughs> sales. Where it's kind of like, I'll check Bevmo, and it's like, oh, a Dan Aykroyd vodka is $15 off this week for, like, no oh, wow. reason. So it's like, okay, I'll buy a Crystal Skull. Um, So it's like, Plantation's definitely one of those where if I go to Bevmo and it's on sale, I'll grab it. And it will probably be under 20 but most of the time, it might be, like, marked up to 30 for, like, no sure. reason, you know. That's that's just how weird it kind of yo-yos sometimes. 
Yeah, it makes sense. The good stuff. The beers are typically really more standard and reliable. Yeah. But the... Oh. Yeah, Plantation Rum. That is a good one. I'm glad you discovered I'm glad you heard it. Because that was like the new thing here. Like uh, my local liquor store, like they usually have like a front cask. And it's like, here's all the new stuff that we haven't really ever stocked before. And I always love going there because I'm, I'm, they, they get good stuff. And so I was like, oh, I've never had this rum before. It's on their shelf. Um, the lady who sold it to me was like, I've tried the clear. I haven't tried the dark rum, but the, the, the light rum was really, really good. And it's like, well, let's uh, let's do it then. Let's see what happens. And yeah, I've, uh, I, I really like it. Oh, my, my BevMo has some of the best employees too. There's this one guy with an eye patch. Um, he's always complaining. Like he, he runs the wine test tasting. Or really, they just they have like a tasting thing on Saturdays, right? Um, he's like always complaining about how stupid his manager is and about how he knows alcohol better than he does. And it's like I remember me and my brother went on St. Patrick's Day, like it was that day. And it's like, oh, we should grab some stuff for dinner tonight, so we'll go to Bevmo. And they had a tasting, and it's like, oh, let's just do a tasting. We'll, we'll enjoy this. And so we're, <laughs> we're there with other people, and he's like setting up. It's like, okay, you guys, you, you guys are in a good treat. Uh, I, I got into all the, like, the most expensive stuff. And I got in this huge argument with my boss because he's like, well, it's St. Patrick's Day. We should do Guinness. And it's like, everyone shopping here knows what Guinness is. We don't have to sample Guinness. And he's like yelling at us about it. And we're like, we agree while we're like holding a, a thing of Guinness in our hands because we're going to buy it. Yeah. Um, And he gave us this amazing rum that came with like, have you seen those like spice bags? Uh, there are no. there are some wines and there's some rums where there'll actually be like a bag in the bottle that releases flavor because it like is constantly brewing in there, like tea. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. Oh, do, if you ever see a bottle with like a bag of something in it, go ahead and check the price. It, it makes a difference. That is a pleasant um good it's like for a celebration thing like if you want to have a nice drink on a christmas with the whole family grab that bottle cool cool i'll have to yeah i'll have to check that out for sure um but that's not my glad space my glad space is uh, uh on the warhammer site they came out with new shirts do you like t-shirts t-shirts are fine so they took like 60 of their best magazine covers from their like they have a magazine where they like issue out um like new rules and and like house rules and different like painting tips and stuff. So it's just like a shit ton of these. <laughs> There's like how many? What seventy? Seventy of these? Sixty? Oh wow! Um, there's pages and pages, and they got like a lot of popular issues on here. Um, I love the really old stuff from the eighties. Like if you look at issue number one hundred six. There's like that's what Nurgle used to look like, and he's just literally Job of the Hut. Huh. Yeah, these are cool. I take it you ordered one. Um, no, I can't decide because there's so many good ones. Um, I like one twenty-five. If you jump ahead to like page four, or no, there's a okay number one eighty-seven on page three. It is so oh, like shit. power metal because there's just like these scantily clad witch ladies and there's an evil knight riding a dinosaur. Yeah. And there's a spaceship in the background. Like there's too much going on in that one picture. This one's cool. I kind of like that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right next to it is this like terrible designs for the Tyranids back when they were new where they're just like plastic red color. Like He-Man would fight them. It's like there's such a unique charm to these. Yeah, these are these are really cool. Um, I don't. I have no idea. Like, I don't like them enough to buy them. I don't know which one I would buy though either. Like, like you said, there's a lot of. It's kind of a it's a novelty thing to just put like a magazine cover on a shirt. Like they're not they're not super designed shirts, but it's kind of half the charm too. Like I could picture wearing one of these for the right occasion. Sure. Um, but it's just really fun looking through all of these pictures. Like, there's some really great like. Uh, orc stuff there's some like really high quality paintings and then other ones are just really goofy uh it's fun but that's all 
Cool. I, I guess we did it then, huh? Yeah. Yours was more interesting than mine, but I like pretty pictures. Pictures are good for podcasts. Yeah. Oh, boy. Any closing remarks for all the youngins out there? Uh, I don't think so. I hope you guys uh, had fun listening along. Me too. I don't know. I hope, uh, I hope all your dreams will come tomorrow. That would be really convenient. Right? Sleep tight and check under the wish tree tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.